going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy, and I've got a drink poured because it is IDP Mock Draft Night. Rookie Mock Draft, two rounds, defense-only players. People play in defense-only leagues, and that's kind of what this is set up for, but more importantly, when you're talking about rookie drafts, when you're talking about dynasty startups or even you know redraft leagues you're not going to get into some of the defensive players until a little bit farther in the draft obviously that's very dependent on scoring in one of our leagues defense is almost as important as offense we'll typically have three to four defensive players go in the first round because they can average massive amount of points 20 to 25 points per game with the scoring so there is that drastic difference in some leagues. And I know scoring is all over the board. I've talked about it before. But the way that we're going to go about it is just IDP only. Who do we think has the best projections going forward? So, two rounds, 12 teams. I'm going to be making every pick talking about it just because if you try to do mock drafts when it comes to defensive players, you're not going to get any sense of accuracy. Just saying, the third best player, according to Sleeper, for, for IDP leagues is it's Devin Witherspoon. No, no, it's not. It's just not. And we all know that, so that's why you just can't assume that it's going to work out fine. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in to this mock draft. And honestly, you can't set a better start than Will Anderson off the board. One detriment that I am going to say about Will Anderson, because I've talked about a whole lot of positives with this guy, is they're talking about using him exclusively as a defensive lineman. Don't get me wrong. I love that he's going to be able to rush the passer a lot, but having a D-line eligible guy that plays linebacker can really benefit your ability. Having, you know, Micah Parsons, rookie year, You can play him as D-lineman, but he played linebacker. Most of the time, you're going to get more tackles. You're going to get a lot more of the stats that the D-lineman might not get. So, a little bit of a bummer with that, but we'll have to see how it all plays out. I mean, he's too talented and too athletic to just rush the passer, and if he is just rushing the passer, let's, let's get into that 10 to 15 sack range. As a rookie, Mr. Will Anderson, 101 off the board. Now, that's kind of the no-brainer pick. Now, we really just kind of like the the real NFL draft. We're kind of really getting into the start of the draft. My number two pick, listen, it's, it's a guy that I've been high on all offseason, and it's Jack Campbell. I mean, it is the perfect fit as far as just tenacity and grit type guy to go with that Lions organization. Dan Campbell's excited to have Jack Campbell there. And let's be honest, Alex Anzalone has been a not very good linebacker in real life. However, fantasy-wise, has been very relevant. So you get a guy like Jack Campbell that's going to take over that role, and you're just going to get a guy that is going to get the fantasy points right out the gate. Not only that, But he's a heck of a pass rusher, too. You get Aiden Hutchinson coming from the outside, and you blitz Campbell once in a while through the middle. They are going to struggle to stop everybody on this defense this year coming after the quarterback. 
I'm very, very high on Campbell. I think that also the offense has high potential to be a fast-paced scoring offense. Two things about that. If you go big, you either punt it or you score the touchdown, right? So you get the defense back on the field either way. Jack Campbell is my number two player off the board. Now we get into team number three. The third spot, you've got, you know, D-lineman one off the board. You got linebacker one off the board. You got me taking a drink because now it gets interesting. And I will say that this draft, how I'm assuming that we're playing is we're playing individual positions, right? What does that mean? D-end, D-tackle, safety, cornerback, all separated out. We're not doing the D-back, D-line. Make it a little bit more aware and that's why I'm picking Jalen Carter, number three. There's an argument to be made that this guy should be number two off the board behind Will Anderson. Listen, he went to the perfect situation for him. He is going to be in a rotation to stay fresh and rush the passer. He has Jordan Davis, the mountain of a man, next to him. He already knows how to play next to him. He did it in college. He's also got Nicobe Dean behind him. Not only that, but then you got Nolan Smith on the outside. You got the Georgia defense. The fact of the matter is, is that they know how to play with each other. They know their tendencies. But you put that Eagles defensive front and their blitz tendencies and how they like to get pressure up the middle, Jalen Carter, assuming he knows what he's doing and he is got his head straight, will be phenomenal as a D-tackle for your team. We're talking about, like I said, I said pre-draft thing, Warren Sapp capability with this guy. He's so talented. He's so athletic. As long as he takes care of himself and be smart, which he has the leadership and the veteran people to make sure that he keeps going straight and narrow, I think that he has all the opportunities to be phenomenal and could end up being the most valuable player out of this draft because of the positional scarcity that comes with defensive tackles that have the sack capability. So those are kind of my big three. I'm not going to lie. Those are the three guys that I think have the most value in this year's rookie IDP class. Now it gets a little bit more into personal taste. It gets a little bit more into what do you think about their defensive scheme, how you think it's going to play out. And honestly... The next guy on my list is a toss-up. There's two guys that I, I think that really have a chance to go here. And it's probably not two that you think because they're not the next guys drafted in, in the NFL draft. The two that I have are Will McDonald IV, who went to the Jets, and Drew Sanders, who went to the Broncos. The issue with Sanders right now is that he got drafted in the third round. That, that sucks, right? For as far as draft capital, as far as percentage of having that opportunity right off the bat, it's a little bit hindrance, a hindrance in, for him. And for that reason is why I am going with Will McDonald here. Um, I just think that Robert Sale is going to know how to use this guy correctly. He's going to know exactly how to get this guy after the quarterback. And they drafted him high, right? So they took him extremely high right after they took, an, you know, Jermaine Johnson last year. 
after they got Carl Lawson in free agency the year before that. Will McDonald tells me that they aren't impressed with Johnson and they're not really impressed with Lawson's ability to come back from his injury. Let's be honest, he was not himself last year. It showed. This gives them the ability that if they get McDonald up and going, very, very comfortable in the system, they can get rid of that cap hit that Lawson has them. And now that they have Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be needing to try to save some money. Because, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Rodgers is going to be a one-and-done there. I think that he's going to end up being there for a few years. So, next pick, pick number five. Now, this is where I think I, Drew Sanders is going to go. I do think that his talent in playing linebacker is pretty much it's, – it's just the fact of the matter is, is that you, you have to, to take the flyer on a guy that has the ability to just to do it all, right? And, and the tough part with him is that he went late. You know, he went in the third round. However, in most leagues – He's D-line, D-end eligible. Because he was a pass rusher at Alabama, but he played stand-up linebacker in Arkansas. Now, if you're going to get a guy that's literally going to be playing middle linebacker for the Broncos, and you can put him in as your defensive end, hello, this is a big deal. It might only be that first year that he's categorize that like that but you get a guy that can play d end out of the linebacker position he's gonna finish top 10 even if he doesn't start the first three games if he ends up with 100 tackles from a d end he's gonna end in the top 10 of that position is it a cheat code Hell yeah, it is. Just like Marquise Colston at tight end was a cheat code his rookie year. But you know what? Taysom Hill, case in point on that as well. You got him as a tight end, and he's playing quarterback. These things happen. Take advantage of it while you can. Now, I will say that fantasy has gotten a little bit better of altering people's positions in the middle of the season when it shows that it's a little bit of an, you know, cheat code. However, defense... They don't pay as much attention to. They're not going to be getting the hate mail. So know what you got. Drew Sanders as a D lineman in his first year, because my first uh, my concern is the first year. I think after that he's going to be fine as a linebacker for the Broncos. But you get him as a D end in his first year, his stats are going to be phenomenal for that position. So just be sure that you look at your settings, look at your players before the draft. Know where their position of eligibility is. So now we're at pick number six. So far we have Will Anderson, Jack Campbell, Jalen Carter, Will McDonald, Drew Sanders off the board. Now I'm going to be honest with this next pick. It's not a person I'm extremely high about, and I talked about it previously in a different podcast, but Tyree Wilson at the number six spot is one that I'm willing to take the risk on. I'm doing this pick more so because it's a little bit more realistic towards the the actual IDP drafts that you're going to be seeing. I actually think that he's going to go before Will McDonald, but I wanted to make sure I made the point that I think he's a much value, much more valuable player for your team than, say, Tyree Wilson will be, especially in year one. There is an argument, though, to be made <clears throat> between Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, and Miles Murphy as the next D lineman, D end off the board. 
However, I think that just with the draft capital of Tyree Wilson, with his coaching there, with Max Crosby on one side, also having Chandler Jones there, they're going to find ways to get all three of those guys on the field, and the guy they're not going to double-team is Tyree Wilson. So that's who I'm picking at number six. So moving into pick seven, right off the bat, this is going to be Lucas Van Ness. And the fact of the matter is, is that not a biggest fan of where he went. However, Green Bay likes big outside linebackers or pass rushers coming off the edge, and he is that. He could also play D-line for them. He could play D-tackle for them. He's going to have that flexibility for them. And Rashawn Gary coming back from the knee injury, they're probably going to ease him in. I don't even know if he's going to necessarily be ready for the start of the season. Chances are he is, but they're not going to give him a full workload. And they got Lucas Van Ness out there that's going to be helping with keeping both of those guys fresh. Once again, Green Bay, my concerns there, what is post-Aaron Rodgers Green Bay look like? I think they're going to be fine. I don't think they're going to be, you know, contending for, let's say, the NFC title this year. I think they could be a playoff team, especially with all of the things that the Vikings have basically been trying to get rid of as of now. I think that they still have the opportunity the NFC is not as strong, nowhere near as strong as the AFC is right now. And so they could sneak into the playoffs. All they have to do is be winning a handful of games for Lucas Van Ness to get to be able to pin his ears back. But the fact of the matter is Lucas Van Ness is a great tackler for the run game. So he has that versatility that's going to keep him on the field, which is something that really didn't happen that much in Iowa, which is always interesting. But Lucas Van Ness at number seven. Now we start saying, do we take a D lineman that's like, you know, the fifth or sixth one off the board? And I say no. I say nay. I say Brian Branch, D-back, safety, nickel slot, whatever Detroit needs him at, you're off the board at number eight. This guy was the best safety, best slot corner in this draft. He's so smart. He comes from playing in that Saban defense. He knows what to do. And if you heard any of the press conferences after he was taken by Detroit, he is willing to do whatever it takes to help that team win. You love that kind of spirit. You love the ability of this kid. And I'm so excited that if I'm taking him at eight, I'm getting the best safety in the draft at pick eight. fact of the matter is, is that last year, what, you had um, – Hamilton off the board probably in the first three picks as far as defensive players go. Um, didn't pan out as well as, you know, the Jalen Petria, a later safety, um, or Jaquan Brisker for, for the Bears, another later safety. Those two guys had monster seasons. I was excited for Lions to draft a safety last year, which just, it didn't come to fruition really, you know. Um, and they had injuries in that secondary but Brian Branch is going to get on the field because he's willing to do whatever they need him to do to be successful. Yes, they've kind of revamped that secondary, but yes, he is going to get playing time. And I feel great about him going forward because some of the gaps that they filled were one-year guys that are just going to be there as a stopgap. So number nine. Okay, so now we're getting into a little bit more nitty-gritty, right? I tell you what, because this guy just, he's smaller, I get it, but he has so much talent 
Kalijah Kansi is my number nine player off the board. And honestly, this feels late. He's on a team of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where you don't feel as great about it just because they kind of are in, you know, a reset mode. However, he went to Pitt. There's all the comparisons to Aaron Donald. I'm not saying this guy's Aaron Donald, but I am saying this guy is a, is a damn good football player. He's not going to be outworked. Plain and simple. So you get him as your second D tackle off the board behind Jalen Carter, who went at three. If I'm team nine, listen, I'm pretty happy with that. I could 100% see Cansey having a better career than Carter. Carter doesn't have his head screwed on straight. He's, he's out of the league in four years, you know. This could be a Javon Kinlaw type of situation where, you know, he just never, never made it. Granted, there were some injuries with him, but it just didn't work out. That could be Carter. It could be Cansey too, but Cansey to me just has that will, that hunger. He went higher in the draft than I expected at um, 19, I think, wherever Tampa Bay picked. However, the fact of the matter is, he's around a lot of other good pass rushers still. Yeah, they brought back some of the veteran guys, but they're good. He'll be able to learn from them. Number 10 is where I see Miles Murphy falling. Cincinnati Bengals, defensive end. Listen, that team's going to be winning. The team's going to be winning. He's going to get opportunities. I My one concern is they have the ability to let him kind of get situated to the NFL and not hurry him in. To me, it kind of feels like that George Karloftis situation. Karloftis last year, playoff run, late in the season, started looking great. Miles Murphy has that feel to me. Very athletic, extremely high IQ when it comes to football. One thing I didn't like about his game is that he gets upfield a little bit too fast and allows a cutback lane for the quarterbacks. You're playing with uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson in this division, even Kenny Pickett, that's going to get you burned. So they're going to have to make sure that he stays home and that he pushes the pocket towards the quarterback and not races past the quarterback. But Miles Murphy... Where they were picking, I think it's a great addition to that Cincinnati defense, and I think he'll he'll have some solid stats. I feel like he's more of a year two guy, but at spot ten, you got to feel good about it. Mm, little shot of whiskey to keep me going at the end of the first round. Pick number eleven. Now, do we start talking about corners here? Now, now this is what we talk. Do we do this? Do we actually say, hey? There's a lot of good corners on this board. Should we go ahead and take one? No. No, we shouldn't. Not at all. When you still got guys like Nolan Smith, Brian Breesey on the board, Trent Simpson, if you're into that kind of thing, B.J. Ojolare, there's a lot of talent here. Devon Witherspoon, yes. He will probably be very, very good for you for one year. If he is what they say he is, he's going to be a lockdown corner, right? Very, very talented. Granted, the nice thing about him is that he has Tariq Woolen on the other side, so they have to throw to somebody. But at pick number 11 in the first round, it is not yet your time. We're going to go... This is tough. I feel like the answer is Nolan Smith, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to go with Nolan Smith. However, again, a guy that I think is going to take a little bit of time to make an impact... Not necessarily into year two of his career, but back end of year one. Hassan Reddick is there. 
And I'm just curious to see how they're going to pan out this defense. Are they going to use him as a rotation with Hassan? Are they going to put him on the other side of the field across from Hassan and then blitz both of them, drop one into coverage? I don't know. So I guess I'm a little uneasy with how they're going to use him. It felt like one of those picks where it was like, he's still here, so we have to take him. Best pick available. But best pick available doesn't always work well with IDP because they're just going to use him as needed. However, you get him in the 11th, 11th defensive player off the board, first-round talent, fast as all get out, you got to be feeling good about that. Now we're like really getting into the okays. What are we actually going to do here? And, and the fact of the matter is, I struggle with Trenton Simpson. This is a guy that a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, he's pretty good. He's looks like he's going to take over for Patrick Queen. Yeah, well, Patrick Queen did get his fifth year, you know, declined. But Trenton Simpson is a third-round draft pick for a reason, right? Let's not forget that that's where we're at with that. Fact of the matter is, I feel like we're going to have to go with linebackers soon, but it's not going to be yet. We're just too soon, and I maybe I just have a soft spot for, this, for the story, man, but Brian Breesey is the guy that I'm taking here, the D-tackle out of Clemson that went to the Saints. First off, they fit with him very well. He's athletic. He's very talented. I watched him at the Combine. This guy can move. I know he's had injuries, and then his, his sister passed away of cancer before his uh, final year at Clemson. He missed a lot of the year for like having like lung sicknesses. That's all cleared up. He's good to go. He looked great at the Combine. He was a like top recruit coming out of high school. I have, I'm, I'm betting on the talent with him. D-tackles are hard to come by. You get a guy that can really man the middle, get some pass rush ability, get the tackles up the middle. You get a guy, you know, that plays like a Christian Wilkins, Wilkins from, you know, from Clemson as well, who's on the Dolphins, who's had, had over 100 tackles last year, like 80 the year before. You get a guy that can just man the middle and command that respect, you're going to be happy with that D-tackle. And remember, we're talking D-tackles as part of this draft. I say that because if it was just D-line, I would not have been taking him this early. So, But because it's D-tackle, he's DT3 off the board for me. I think that getting a guy in that position, those three guys are where I feel like after the D-tackles, it's a significant drop-off. After Carter, after Cansey, and after Breesey, you're just getting either you know guys that have hopeful pass rush ability or hopeful run-stop ability. You don't get both. So now we're into the second round. So we'll recap the first round really quick. Will Anderson, number one. J Jack Campbell, number two. Jalen Carter in the third spot. Will McDonald, the fourth in the fourth spot. Drew Sanders, fifth. Tyree Wilson, sixth. Lucas Van Ness, seventh. Brian Branch, eight. Kalijah Cansey, nine. Miles Murphy, ten. Nolan Smith, 11. Brian Breesey, number 12. Now I start to wonder what to do. 
and it makes me feel like I might need to actually pull the trigger on on a corner, but can't do it. Now with Diane Henley still sitting on the board. This guy's a bit of a sleeper of mine, and I and I feel like the story's out a little bit on him. I watched him. I talked about him before the combine. I really liked his tape. He's a guy that just has that motor. He's going to play for the team. He will put his body on the line to be successful. And him going to the Chargers is a great spot. Yes, they have Eric Kendricks. Yes, they have Kenneth Murray. They might as well not have Kenneth Murray. That guy has just not worked out, not panned out at all. Henley will take over Murray's you know, spot as far as third down aspect is. But more than that, I think that they're, the, the starting linebackers when the season starts are going to be Henley and Eric Kendricks. I feel good about this guy's future. Kendricks is there for short term. Can learn, Henley can learn from him and then take over. I think that he has the opportunity. Year one will be slow. Not as slow as, say, a Nicobe Dean. Probably a little bit faster than a Troy Anderson from last year. But you take the reins off of him in year two, and I see this guy as somebody that commands this defense, leads with his heart, plays football because he loves it, and will just be all over the field. He's got the speed. He's got the tenacity. I love to watch this kid play. Happy to take him as the 13th defensive player off the board, number one in the second round. So now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, we got Devin Witherspoon, right? Wrong. Christian Gonzalez is my DB one off the board, my cornerback one off the board, and the reason should be obvious. If you've been playing IDP for a while, you know the Belichick gets the most out of his corners. Gonzalez is a hell of a uh, coverage corner. Zone coverage is where he makes his hay. They're going to use him. He's so athletic. He's so fast. He's the pick six guy that I can see taking over on this defense. They had guys that were okay last year, right? J.C. Jackson left, and it's like they never missed him, but they draft him in the first round, got the guy they really wanted. They traded back just to screw over the Jets, which is hilarious in its own right. But Christian Gonzalez is going to be my cornerback one off the board this year. Now, do we continue to look at some of these D linemen? It feels like it's getting scarce, and I'm willing to go ahead and pull the trigger on a Trenton Simpson here. Now, this is the third linebacker from the third round that's being drafted. Once again, I hope I'm wrong, but you see Trenton Simpson playing inside at Clemson, and he just became invisible. He's a guy that can rush the passer from the outside, but he doesn't have massive size. But that massive size hurts him in the middle, too, because he just can't get off of blocks. He's going to take a little bit of time to develop. He's not going to be relevant this year. Patrick Queen and um, Roquan Smith will be manning that middle point-blank period. And there's a concern that, you know, if they re-sign Patrick Queen, then Trenton Simpson never gets a chance to play. Crowded. Linebacker room, not excited about it, really. And honestly, 
It's a mock draft, right? We do this for a reason because having looked back at my rankings, Dorian Williams for Buffalo should have been the pick. I think Dorian Williams has an actual chance to be successful because he's walking into a great situation. And I just think that they, yeah, they, they kind of just were okay with letting Edmonds walk, right? I just don't think that it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. They're going to need somebody to step up. I don't think they got a guy on the roster before Williams that's going to be that. Not to say that Williams is going to be that either, but we're we're middle of the second round-ish, and we're going to take some flyers. You got a practice squad? Great. Throw them on there. See what happens. But you could have a guy that ends up with 125 tackles a year going forward. They need to find somebody to pick up the slack. Matt Milano is not going to do it. So there I am making my own mistake, taking Trenton Simpson over Dorian Williams. Team four ran to the podium to grab that one. Now, we keep looking at where we're at in the draft. Coming into the middle of the second round. And I think, you know, it's time to take Felix Anduke Uzama for Kansas City. I'll be honest, it's not a guy that I had watched a lot of tape on before his, his being drafted. But y- you can't deny that he went in the first round, and there's metrics that go along with that that deems him having a higher chance of success than guys taken later than him. And the fact of the matter is, is that this defense is retooling and, and going forward. They have openings, Frank Clark gone. They have the ability to get, slide people in there. I think with Carl Loftus and Felix, they're set up for the future. They got Nick Bolton, man in the middle. This team is quietly becoming very good at defense because Patrick Mahomes can make anybody look good on offense. It's impressive. So, yeah, fifth pick of the second round, let's do it. Now, we're going in right in the middle of the second round now, and I am happy to go ahead and pull the trigger on. Let's be honest, I didn't expect him to be the uh, next guy in the safety room after before the draft, but it's Jordan Battle. I talked about him before the draft, that he was one of my sleeper guys that I thought really had an opportunity to do some successful things. He goes to Cincinnati, and, you know, he might just go ahead and start at at a safety for them. Why not? You know, I set his IQs high. The NFL apparently agreed with me. I think that he has all of the tools to be successful successful in this position now the fact of the matter is how do you go from here right so we have two Alabama safeties that are off the board and so do you do you start talking about other safeties do you start going back to the well of the D-line this is a strong kind of middle of the road D-line class let's be honest with that it is however the tough part about it is is that at some point it dries up and we're, we're to the point where if I didn't get my D lineman, there may be one, maybe two guys left. Depends on how you think about Foskey, who went to the Saints, or how you like B.J. Ujolare from Arizona. That's a guy that I really do like. I think that could be very valuable. There's also a decent amount of safeties that I'm feeling very, very good about. 
Linebacker-wise, I'm pretty much tapped out. Those those guys are kind of it for me. There is DeMarvion Overshone that went to the, the Cowboys. I just don't see how he's getting on the field this year. That being said, we've got six picks left. Most likely he's going to go on there. So what I'm going to do here is I'm taking I'm taking Devin Witherspoon. I'm clearly him and Hawn going back and forth on where we're at. Let's go with the guy that year one is going to be valuable for me. I'm going to get some opportunities for him. Let's just be honest. He is so good at coverage. Sauce Gardner is so good at coverage, and he was very valuable for fantasy last year. Is he going to be valuable for fantasy this year? Not nearly as valuable, in my opinion. That being said, I will take Seattle's offense. That's looking pretty solid. I'll take Witherspoon across from Tariq Woolen to get me some very, very juicy stat games with pass defended and tackles. Then right after that is where I am going to take B.J. Ujolare to Arizona. Brother to Aziz, who works for or plays for the Giants. Arizona's a great spot for him to land. I think that they they bypass a, a real you know an ability to get a D lineman or outside linebacker kind of presence in the first round to get that offensive line help, but you get BJ BJ in the second round and they have nobody there to pass rush. He's gonna play because they can't afford not to. Literally, they don't have anybody. So the fact of the matter is is that you get you get him on the field early. And he could easily finish before some of these guys we've already talked about. Very easily. So the fact of the matter, I'm happy with that. At that pick, absolutely. Let's go. So now I'm kind of between three safeties. Let's be honest right now. Do we sit here and talk about Antonio Johnson for Jacksonville? Christopher Smith for the Vegas or Sidney Brown for the Eagles. Eagles lost a lot of their secondary. They really did. The chances of him being able to play very, very early is there. I think that's where I want to go. Close second to me is Chris Smith. I think, though, that if we're going to talk about a guy that has the opportunity to see what he has, Sidney Brown is the guy that I feel better about. Man, we are getting into the nitty-gritty here. Top guys on uh, what Sleeper says is Joey Porter, Emmanuel Forbes, both corners that I'm not extremely sold on. I like Porter over Forbes. I think Forbes is just not very good. He had a really good year of interceptions. Maybe that's what we need. You know, when you get corners, you want somebody that kind of sucks so that they can get tackles. But that just seems like a guy that I don't want to take a chance on right now. But there is a guy that I do kind of want to take a chance on. And it's a safety that I didn't talk about earlier. Looking through my notes. That's J.L. Skinner. Six-round safety. Listen, so I get it. If you guys are saying who, I understand. He's a 6'4", 220-pound safety out of Boise State. Here's what I like about this guy. He plays safety on a team that owes Justin Simmons 
a whole lot of money very, very soon. And the fact of the matter is, is that they can literally get talent out of J.L. Skinner, who if you want, go back and go ahead and take a look at his tape. This guy can play. They can move on and save a bunch of money. Because I don't know if you know this, but they have a lot of money tied up in this guy named Russell Wilson. They re-signed Cortland Sutton, so his money's high. They uh, have Jerry Judy coming up for contract. Tim Patrick actually got a solid deal. They have a lot of money. And then they went out and paid for a whole bunch of offensive line. Now what are they going to do? Are they going to go ahead and let Josie Joel walk after this season as well? I'm just saying... They have to save money somewhere. And if J.L. Skinner comes off and plays really well in preseason, it could be an easy stash for a year and then take over for Simmons after this year. So that's going to be my pick. Granted, I get it. Probably some of these other guys that we talked about just you know, just a few moments ago, Christopher Smith might have more of an availability. But I also... It's a mock draft. I want to give you guys some opportunities for some names that you maybe haven't heard. And I know we talked about them. Overshown, it's your time to shine. I'm going to take you with the 11th pick of the second round. Listen, there's, there's opportunity. This guy can rush the passer. The only concern I really have right now with this dude is where is he going to play? Where is he going to play? And right now, he's only available to play at linebacker. If they're going to keep him, if they're going to have him in like a Minka type of, or yeah, Minka type of role, if they're going to move Minka all time to D-line, you're not going to get the value at linebacker. That's part of my concern. If he's going to take over um, in the middle of this defense, then I'm in. I'm 100% in. You know, they got Leighton Vander Esch re-signed for a one-year deal, not for a lot of money. They like what they have in, in Overshown. They're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on it. But you still you just don't know how this is going to all play out. And so we're going to finish this draft with Chris Smith, one of the hardest-hitting safeties in this draft. If you haven't watched some of his tape, holy crap, he hits so hard. You'll love to see it. Yeah, so he went to Las Vegas as a safety. They're still trying to redo that defense. There's a lot to like about Christmas tape. As I said, he can hit. He's out of Georgia. He was a leader on their team last year. Played all of 2021 except for like a game. All-American honors. Smart. Distinctive. 4-6-2. Not great, but it's your safety. You don't have to be the fastest guy on the field. He's a team player. And he's going to do well. Now, take this for what you, what it's worth. Chris Smith most likely will go much higher, especially considering like a J.L. Skinner. But I wanted to point out a guy like that that you probably don't have to take as early. But if we, you know, we're not going to talk about him if we don't actually just put him out there and have that conversation. The big thing that I ask you to do before your drafts, if you haven't done it already. Take a look at where these guys are positionally eligible at. It matters. It's going to give you bonus points in the draft. Playing week to week, I'd be willing to take some guys like a Drew Sanders a little bit higher, knowing if he's D-line eligible, assuming that he's going to play in the middle of this defense. 
And maybe not. Maybe he is going to play on the outside. All the better. That's fine. Well, not better, but still okay. But there, that is it. The first two rounds drafted, we'll repeat them. Will Anderson, Jack Campbell, Jalen Carter, Will McDonald the fourth, Drew Sanders, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Nesh, Brian Branch, Kalijah Kansi, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, Brian Breesey, Dayon Henley, Christian Gonzalez, Trenton Simpson, Dorian Williams, Felix, oh, they shortened his name, I'm going to say it wrong, Felix, and Anudike Uzama, Jordan Battle, Devin Witherspoon, B.J. Ujolari, Sidney Brown, J.L. Skinner, DeMarvion Overshawn, and Chris Smith. So I hope this helped out a little bit. I hope that you guys are able to take a little bit from this, just kind of see where the ebbs and flows are. Fact of the matter is, is that your, your rookie drafts are going to go very heavy in the D-line. There's Will Anderson, who is an absolute stud, I think, just a generational talent. Then there are a very good group of talented D-linemen. Not all of them are going to hit. Do your research. Pick with your gut. Feel good about what you do. Don't feel bad if you don't hit every single pick. I mean, I do, but, you know, I'm a professional. No, I'm just kidding. It happens to the best of us. The fact of the matter is, keep taking shots. Most leagues, you can trade for defensive players for pennies on the dollar. But if you understand your scoring system, and please make sure you do, know where the value is. Some scoring system, it's going to be linebackers. Others, it's going to be D linemen. Even more, possibly safeties. And if it's D-back, safety's over corners all day, every day. Longer longevity as far as playing ability and staying at a high level. But all in all, focus on what you need to do. Be ready for your draft. Look at where these scheme fits are. Pay attention to where the depth charts are at. Understand where this, the uh, veterans over them's contract situations are in Dynasty Leagues. All those things are very important to make sure that you pick just right and give your chance, give your players the best chance to rise to the top. Because your offense will help you win games, but defense wins fantasy championships. See you next week.